Cyber Synapse, the podcast that's creating connections through candid conversations about cyber issues. Sponsored by Agency, with your host, Kath Nibbs. Welcome to this week's episode. Uh, it's been a bit of an awkward day in terms of trying to record this. Um, there are builders outside my work, so I can't seem to get two minutes to actually get a moment to start recording without uh, the interference of some noise. Uh, I've then come home to try and do it there, and uh, basically everybody in my house is noisy, the dogs are noisy, the children are noisy, etc, etc. So I've just jumped out to um, the, the shed at the end of the garden. Um, so this week I'm really, really lucky to, um, and I say lucky because I get to talk to people who are my friends and I get to talk to people who share the same kind of passions as me. Now this week I'm talking to one of my friends, Paula, and it's more of a biohacking uh, approach that we talk about. However, it is cyber based because what we go on to talk about are kind of the audio books and podcasts. Um, and yeah, I'm going to say we name drop a lot in this uh, podcast because both Paula and I, um, we know who influences us in uh, most of our life and when we're talking to each other. So we, we kind of thought what we'd do was when we were talking is we'd actually give you the names of the people that we're um, influenced by, or some of the people anyway. I will be putting the notes, uh, putting those names and resources in the show notes. There's a load for you to look through. Um, hopefully it's going to be really, really helpful. This was a brilliant episode in terms of the tangents that we went on, but also we stuck to our script as well. Um, what else? Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm kind of taking a little bit of a, a slowdown break at the moment because instead of writing my second book, I'm now writing four. Um, so I don't know how that quite happened, but there you go. Um, I'm also um, doing my PhD and obviously I keep talking every week about the money uh, and the fact that I'm self-funding to look into cyber trauma, something that I've coined for over seven years. And realistically, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for parents um, to pass this on to organisations and schools and so on, because the impact of graphic images on children is much bigger than people actually realise. And I've been dealing with it for seven years, hence the name Cyber Trauma. So this is my way of actually bringing something via the research paradigm and bringing it to people where it's more evidence-based and it will probably have a bit more clout. Um, because, you know, what do I know? I'm only a psychotherapist. Um, yeah, Patreon, head on over to www.patreon.com forward slash cyber synapse. Uh, sign up and become one of my Patreons, which will support me and this podcast. Also, if you'd like to advertise on this podcast, get in touch. Um, uh, I'm now opening it up for season two that I'm going to have the adverts in because that's the only sustainable way to do it. Uh, and... Thirdly, out of everybody that we name dropped in the podcast today, uh, we'd love to come over and help you out in terms of being your admin secretary. No, we wouldn't because I want to be my own person. Um, I've had a lot of fun doing this episode. Enjoy it. Um, I'll be back on with maybe some more academics shortly. In the meantime, have a wonderful week and see you soon. Welcome to Cyber Synapse. This week, I'm joined by my friend, 
Paula Eggers, who is a yoga teacher and uh, a fellow biohacker, where uh, we met on a GenSmart course, which was about nutrigenomics. Um, but we're not here to talk about nutrigenomics today. We're going to talk about um, biohacking, technology, and uh, obviously, I know your story, Paula, so this okay. is about... Um, would you like to start with how biohacking helped you with a major health issue? Okay, well, so... When I started um, biohacking, um, biohacking didn't exist. It wasn't a term. So, um, so I think maybe in the last, what, five or six years, Dave Asprey has coined the term biohacking and it's very associated with Dave Asprey and Bulletproof. Um, yeah. But I'm talking about sort of 2007, 2008, you know, over 10 years ago. Um, so I didn't actually know I was biohacking at the time, <laughs> but yeah. what happened to me was I, um, I started to become really quite unwell and over the space of 12 months, my health deteriorated quite quickly with digestive issues. Um, I was very, very stressed. I was, um, suffering a lot of anxiety. I was having a lot of weird, um, symptoms that are very like the symptoms you get with MS um, and ALS, um, I eventually, I lost lots and lots of weight. I was down to about six stone, about 80 pounds, which is very underweight for my height. And I eventually collapsed at work and yeah. I, I went home, saw a GP, they signed me off and that was my last day of work pretty much. Um, mm -hmm. from then on in, um, mystery illness, it was diagnosed as ME, which is a diagnosis of, um, exclusion and i was basically told by medical doctors there's nothing we can do it's an incurable illness um, we don't know what causes it we don't know how to cure it there's no drugs there's no treatment go home to bed you are now permanently disabled you will never get better yeah and my mm -hmm. response to that was no <laughs> no i'm sorry i'm not going to accept this i was 36 yeah i had a lot of work to do so so yeah, so um, I came to biohacking through having been put on the scrap heap, deciding to go out there, um, not physically, but mentally um, from my bed and try and find out a way of getting myself well. How do I climb out of this hole? That was my, that was my driver because I don't want to live in this hole. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just thinking then, Paula, would you like to um, describe to uh, those listeners and viewers that are, are not up on this, uh, what biohacking is and then how your journey took you from, I think your phrase on the scrap heap uh, sums up the biomedical model very uh, succinctly. Mm. Uh, and I'm sh I know you know my opinions on this one. <laughs> um, but do you, do you want to start with, yeah, what, what you how you describe biohacking and then how that how that helped you yeah well we i think we all have our own kind of take on biohacking for me it's it's the modification of both the internal and the external environment to maximize and optimize health well-being longevity resilience mm -hmm. um so all the things that i didn't have when i was very very ill I yeah. was, I'd lost all of that. I had zero resilience. I, you know, at one point I could barely open my eyes. So, um, so it was a really long, slow fact finding mission on how to 
get all of that back. Um, so that's what biohacking is to me. And actually, because I was bedbound, because I was housebound, technology was vital in, yeah. in me getting to that information, finding out. I had in the very beginning, um, so over the period of 2007, my health declined. By the end of 2007, I was no longer working and I was bedbound and housebound. And then um, by the beginning of 2008, a friend of mine said to me, there's this lady, Dr. Sarah Myhill. She's a GP mm -hmm. in Wales. Um, she, she can cure people like you. Um, but she was a GP in the, in the deepest depths of Wales. And I was in Lincolnshire on the East Coast. I was a very long way away. I couldn't travel. I couldn't leave my house. So um, she was offering private treatment. Um, because the NHS doesn't allow her to treat, she doesn't she doesn't treat on the NHS at all now because the NHS doesn't allow her to treat with the modalities she treats with because they're not drugs. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, we'll leave that <laughs> for another time. Pack, pack that one. <laughs> and, and in actual fact, um, colleagues in the NHS um, have tried to have her struck off from the BMA yeah. through the BMA three times. So, yeah. um, because apparently what she's doing is dangerous, even though it's curing people from ailments like ME and MS, so-called yeah. illnesses. So, um, so obviously I didn't, because of my um, work situation and my personal situation, I had no funds. I didn't have the funds for private treatment and I couldn't travel. So, um, I kind of had the internet and luckily for me, um, Dr. Sarah Myhill is extremely altruistic and yeah. um, she puts all, because she understands the plight of the chronically sick and what happens to you socially and economically when you are chronically sick, she gives away all of the information about her treatment for free on her website. Yeah. So yes. um, I was actually able to access her whole treatment program just through her website through being yeah. able to log on and just read. Um, yeah. And that was vital for me. That got me started. I, at that point, I wasn't doing um, biomedical testing. I couldn't really afford it. Um, so understanding, again, our plight, Dr. Sarah put on her website, if you can't afford the expensive tests, a lot of them are over £300 a shot. She said, mm. I tell you what, just put together this supplement package and just try it for nine months. And you'll soon know within nine months whether it's working for you or not. If you start to yeah. see positive changes, it's working. If you don't, it's not, um, you need to go back to the drawing board. And this is yeah. what I did. I basically mm -hmm. put together her supplement package. She has a web shop. She sells all of the supplements you need for her treatment at cost um, because she buys in bulk from the USA. A lot of the supplements you can't buy in the UK. So, um, so she sets up everything to allow you access to what you need because she knows that these things are treatable. So that was yeah. basically, and she biohacks, she, her, she has written research papers into these illnesses. Um, her lovely phrase with illnesses like mine were um, her treatment phrase were it's mitochondria, not hypochondria, which I think is wonderful. Oh yes, yeah, and that's, that's the thing that, that yeah, that's the thing that Dave Asprey talks a lot about, yes. isn't it? Is mitochondria, yes, yes. but not hypochondria. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and that <laughs> actually comes directly out of the work of Dr. C Stephen Sinatra, 
the yeah. um, the famous heart doctor in America, who um, actually a lot of this treatment was discovered, this mitochondrial treatment for um, fatigue-related illnesses, because his son developed ME. And there was no treatment for him. So Dr. Sinatra started treating him as though he would treat a patient in heart failure and gave him all, because if you're in America and you're in heart failure, you get coenzyme Q10 and you get alcarnitine and all these wonderful supplements at massive optimum doses, the ones, the doses that you need. Um, and you get that as your standard healthcare if you're a heart patient or mm. you have mitochondrial issues. Um, and it worked for his son, his son recovered. So um, yeah. all the research came out of that. And that's basically the basis of how I started biohacking because, because I was being told you're untreatable. And I was like, right, so how can I hack my biology to treat, to, to treat me? And I luckily came across through serendipity doctors who, like I say, were available online to tell me exactly how to start hacking my biology. So that's where yeah. it started. Yeah, this is the, um, the the beautiful side about um, technology and the internet, isn't it? Is actually yeah. you had access to this. So, for listeners and readers, um, obviously there might there might be people listening to this who are also in in a similar predicament, um, yeah. and this, or know somebody in a similar predicament. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll put the links into the show notes. I mean, we've talked about some of the ones that are, are going to go in it anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will put. Um, Dr. Myhills, Dr. Sinatra, and the other ones we're, we're going to come yeah, to. Sure. Um, but yeah, what about what about the kind of other thing that you were able to do um, whilst uh, incapacitated in bed? Really, was a you could look around at your um, stuff that you wanted to read. But I'm also thinking about the other two things that I know that you you engaged in, which were uh, listening to podcasts mm-hmm. and obviously the technology that you used to hack your way into a bit like um so we've talked about bruce lipton loads of times mm. in in terms of how you actually change the way that um you know the biology of belief um so yeah where do you want to go with this paula should we talk about right. the podcasts or well just just going straight from what you've just said i can say i mean in my chronology of my recovery hot on the heels of discovering dr myhill and dr dr sinatra was dr bruce lipton lipton I, because I was at that point, I was struggling to read for any length of time. And when I say that, I mean, like, it was difficult for me to read a page at a time. So my first big thing was audiobooks, because Mm -hmm. when you are stuck, able to do nothing, and you're in a lot of pain, and a lot of anxiety, and a lot of distress, you need distraction. So, um, so, you know, I did a lot of meditation. Meditation was like one of my saviors and yoga nidra, but you can't do that 24 hours a day. And at this point I was only sleeping about an hour a night. So mm. I was, I couldn't sleep either. I had chronic insomnia. So audiobooks, audiobooks, audiobooks were my first thing. So, um, and Bruce Lipton's was one of the first audiobooks I got. Um, Biology of Belief, 2000, that was again in 2008. And I just, it, it just yeah. blew my mind instantly. I was, I resonated with it hundred percent. I was like, Oh my goodness, where has this been all my life? I loved his whole story about how he was an outcast in the seventies when he was saying, well, look, you know, actually, if we look at this, these cells in this Petri dish, they behave one way when, when we're observing them and then a completely different way when we're not abs- observing them, they know they're being observed, you know, and yes, yeah. The whole quantum biology thing, 
was just huge for me. I was just like, and I think one thing that he said very early on in his writing that really stuck with me is, and actually this links in also to another. So there were a few people in the beginning. There was Bruce Lipton, Louise Hay, the work of Louise Hay. Yeah. Yep. Um, and relationship to body and emotions. Um, Candice Pert, Molecules of Emotion. Yeah. Um, Caroline Mace. Um, I plugged into all of these people. Um, Eckhart Tolle. And um, one, of, one of the things that was in common with a lot of these people and something that I think is coined in Bruce, Bruce Lipton's writing is your cells are always listening. Yes, I'm just going to give you a quote, and this is one from Jim Quick, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, it isn't. There's, there's quite a few, actually. Oh, good minute, I've just had a fizz buzz again. Right, <laughs> this this is what happens, listeners, when we get talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, actually, there's something about um, it, your mind operates this particular operating system, and, and your, your body is always eavesdropping to it. So I'm, I'm just yep. thinking about... Uh, who uh, the other one is Joe Dispenza talks a lot about this so you know Bruce Lipton Joe Dispenza and Greg Barden I think it is all go around together so there is there is a lot here about whatever things become well thoughts become things and it's your your thoughts affect your biology period stop well well when you when you frame it this Mm. way there is nothing that exists in this world that wasn't thought first Mm. Mm -hmm. now that's probably going to blow everybody's head in so yeah (laughs) We'll just leave that for a moment, pause, ponder, and then carry on. <laughs> yes, yeah, okay, leave it that. Moment of silence. Right, okay. So, um, so, yeah, that was really important for me. Your cells are always listening. And actually through, I, that kick-started my mental and emotional work. I started to work with NLP. And then we've got people like Jim Quick coming in and um, people like um, Phil Parker, I, I did do the lightning process. I don't think it's a cure-all, but it definitely helps for um, mm-hmm. mind state, um, for, for rational and irrational thought. Um, but then you need other stuff to come in for emotions. I used um, tapping, emotional freedom technique. That was yeah. big for me. Um, yeah. And basically, again, the whole Louise Hay and Wayne Dyer idea of your body is literally always listening to me listening to you I started to monitor how do I see myself what are the messages that I give my body and actually through a a hypnosis session one day a lot of this was done via Skype because I couldn't leave home and through a hypnosis session one day um I got to actually talk directly to myself to my body which is a bit of a I don't even think you and I have discussed this actually but I actually got to talk to my body to my cells for a little while in this session and it was heartbreaking because Mm -hmm. my body was telling me you are so hard on me you are so you expect so much of me and I'm doing my best you know and um the therapist said to me um and do you have a message, an answer for your body? Do you have a message back for your body? And my message was, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. You know? And again, this just distilled everything that I was hearing through these amazing people that I was listening to. Yeah. I, uh, one, one of the things is there, Paula, is that's some, so it's only some client. Obviously, they have to have um, enough of what, what we refer to as an adult ego state or... Mm-hmm. Um, 
and sometimes I will work with uh, clients who go inside and this is about so for example with trauma clients I don't make them do any of this work because it's really really scary it's, it's really it's, tough really um, tough. yeah so you you have to be in enough of a place where you can have that conversation mm. and listen to the answers yeah. so that there's something about um yeah because I mean we do we do all this kind of talk that I mean this is what most people think I do just talk and it's it's no there's a lot more here about all the science and so on because yeah. actually this is all the unconscious programming that you're subjected to as a child and yeah. for me everything that I do in psychotherapy is all about what happened in your childhood and obviously working with children it's what's happening and how do you make sense of it and how do you not follow these scripts and patterns yeah and you know these these well they are destructive patterns yeah i agree 100 percent. and inner child work was huge for me yeah because yeah. because i discovered through hypnosis and therapy and again massive part of my healing and this is biohacking because biohacking isn't just supplements mm -hmm. it's not just yeah. tech, and it's not it's actually true holistic healing and i had to address the emotional side and mm -hmm. i didn't have what I t would term a traumatic childhood. I, I, if anybody asked me, oh yeah, I had a great happy childhood, but I didn't actually, I struggled. I struggled because I'm an introvert and I, I'm an empath and I'm super sensitive. And, mm. um, and when you're a kid and you're that sensitive, you do struggle, you know? Yeah. So, um, so actually, and I, I have to say, I agree with you about, um, how hard that work is because when I started in a child work, I did it all with a therapist. And when I started in a child work, it, it literally broke me apart before I could yeah. start putting myself back together again. It was hard work. It was yeah. heartbreakingly yeah. hard actually. Um, yeah, I can totally empathize with it. I mean, that was, that was part of my training is I obviously had to do it. Not, not all, and I will, I will make a disclaimer here actually, and this is me going on a slight rant. Not all therapists do their own therapy, particularly yeah. if they're going to go and work with children. Mm. And to be honest, and obviously this is my podcast, this is my professional opinion, I think if you're going to work with children, you need to go off and do a minimum of three years of personal therapy. Because yeah. you can't yeah, with a child if you do not understand where your child emerged from and all of the patterns and all of... Because, I mean, we're, we're talking about intergenerational patterns that get passed mm. down, any kind of DNA methylation, and we're back to that epigenetics thing, which I'm yeah. not sure we've... Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're talking about... You know, I mean, and, and I did say I would do this. I am going to jump. I've got a tattoo of the tree of life with the, you know, the DNA helix in it because I understand just how important this, this stuff about your, not your stuff. So it's like the intergenerational stuff. You carry some of the stuff that isn't yours on top of all the stuff that happens to you. My God, child, it is so bloody difficult. It is. It is. And um, we don't give ourselves credit for that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, through, through my therapy, I had conversations with my mom where we clearly identified between us the generational chain of pain mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and and it was i think it was quite big for my mom to i mean my mom didn't do therapy but she kind of got mm. a taste through me because i was come back from therapy sessions or come out of therapy sessions just a big wet mess you know a hot mess yeah because it breaks you open in ways that nothing else can and going back to what you said about um if you're going to do therapy with young people um i think also doing at least three years of your own hardcore therapy um gives you an understanding of actually how it feels to be cracked open like that it's not yeah it's not easy 
it's yeah, not, you, but it's yeah. so worthwhile oh massively you've just used kind of two of the gestalt words which are wet and and hot actually when when you yeah. break if you like there's there's almost like the crying that we do where it's little sniffs and that but then there's the wet snotty can't breathe can't move yeah. and, and your body and that's that's your cells it, it yeah. is you know this goes all the way back to that is your well, body communicating i also had the, the type of crying during therapy and this happened a lot in hypnosis but also in talking therapy i had um I had a, a lot of the crying where it was literally, I was just leaking. It was just pouring out of me and the whole front of my top would be soaking wet, but there'd be no sobbing. And no, it was literally just, and crying. Um, I'm a real moon, super loopy moon goddess and all of that. I'm very in touch with my feminine, which I wasn't before my healing. I suppressed all of that along with a lot of that, a lot else. But, um, certainly as a female you know menstruation is a cleansing process crying is a cleansing process anything mm -hmm. where you're giving off and releasing is a cleansing process so even yeah. like at times when there was not that hard sobbing which i did plenty of that too but even mm -hmm. at times when there was not that hard sobbing it was literally just leaking out of my face sometimes and i could still talk exactly the way we're talking now but it was just pouring out of me just yeah. salt water pouring out of me and you probably know about the research on the chemical structure of tears the t tears of joy mm -hmm. tears of pain you know yeah they all have a different molecular a different structure, structure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i in fact that's one of the things i'd like in um God, I'm going to really show my geeky side now. If I could get little, uh, you know, like um, on the Big Bang where he gets a snowflake embossed for his girl, a girl. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to have tears embossed. I don't know, on a. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how I'd explain that to clients, but well, that's tears of joy. That's tears of sadness. <laughs> yeah, but but it's it's super interesting. That's and it's like you say, it's like that's your body talking. They're your cells talking. It's your biology yeah. speaking, literally speaking. It's having a voice. It's saying through its molecular, through the molecular structure of your tears, it's saying this is the emotion. And of course, the thing, the thing, the slight kind of blip in science is that still, I was talking about this with someone on Sunday. We still can't explain when exactly how memories work and where they come from exactly how emotions work and where they come from although there are theories and exactly how things like molecular structure of tears change mm. well i mean our emotions, you know it's crazy but yeah i think that's because everybody's looking for an actual physical substrate of something and actually these are verbs uh, yeah. they're, they're things that we do they're not things yeah. that are you know, it's, anyway and they're, and they're um, things that we be as well which yes. brings in consciousness you know, which mm. is the big scientific mystery, you know, and I'm quite happy with it being scientific mystery. You know, um, I don't think we will ever pin down the nature of consciousness, but I think, I think, you know, I'm a huge, especially having gone through my own healing, um, my own healing journey and still being on it actually, because I think it never ends. But, um, mm. but, you know, this, the whole idea of the body mind, we we are now finally coming back and that's loop, loops back to to my background in yoga what um the yogis knew five thousand years ago what chinese medicine has always known is that there is no separation between the body and the mind yeah. 
would we you, are would we are like? holistic oh yes yep yeah. would you like a beautiful metaphor from one of yes. my um one of my people heroes yeah um so dan siegel talks about the shore okay so this is the mind body connection yeah you can neither have sand nor sea separate mm. but to yeah. have a shore they have to be together absolutely oh. absolutely <laughs> and that and that shore is interconnected it's not yeah. a defined line it's very blurry and it, and it, moves. And it ebbs and flows yep yeah yeah Absolutely. yeah but i'll tell you what at this rate we're gonna have that many that many um resources in the, the show notes but who well, cares I'm, it's I'm all for, education yeah i'm all for giving yeah. people resources this is like yeah. this is my raison d'etre now is to get this stuff out and if i can use part of my story to really um really you know trigger other people into action in their own lives mm -hmm. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm gonna die happy you know yeah yeah. well actually i think that's a very true statement uh, i think you will die happy because you are on this pro you are on this process to be happy and that that's just a a, a guaranteed outcome isn't it yeah um, absolutely so actually thinking of um where we are in the podcast and where, where we've kind of gone off on a tangent and we uh, when, <laughs> like we always so, do we we were talking about kind of the um so you were reading around a lot of stuff you were listening yeah. to audio books mm -hmm. and then bringing us back because we're, we're kind of yeah. in this realm yeah you need to bring me back yep podcasts and then podcasts. um super better so which which one do you want to tackle first okay so um i came to podcasts um i can't really remember exactly how i discovered them i think it was when i first got my iphone which was mm. I wasn't super early to iPhone. I, I got, my first one was a 3GS, so it, and it had lots of nice storage. And again, I was like, I was starting to get a little bit better, so I was starting to have tiny adventures, but podcasts were, again, a way to keep me centred, give me something to focus on if I had to go to a doctor's appointment or anything like that. Um, yeah. And um, again, just such a great resource, such a great source of information um so i've been listening to those again for a long time um bulletproof was huge for me luke stories mm -hmm. podcast has yeah. been huge for me um jim quick like yourself um anything anything to do with i'm an improvement geek so anything to do with like improving mind body spirit has has been massive for me um i mean as far as i mean physically finding bulletproof the bulletproof podcast took me to the bulletproof diet um which i started now two and a half years ago i'd been paleo for six years um and that had helped me improve quite a lot but then i went fully bulletproof which was which is a cyclical ketogenic anti-inflammatory diet it's yeah. not the ketogenic yeah. diet we see people losing hundreds of pounds on um, yeah. it's very clean and it's it's anti-inflammatory and in two and a half years that's made an incredible difference to me mm -hmm. like yeah. huge um my we met on a genetics program my genetics are awful you know this and again genetics because of my interest in epigenetics genetics was always a path that i was going to go down because i know that my genetics are not my destiny but yeah it's yep. very useful information so my genetic markers for inflammation are awful i am walking out autoimmune disease waiting to happen you know and and indeed i had autoimmune disease that's why i was so yeah Ill. yeah yeah, yeah. other things yeah. and um and so actually doing the bulletproof diet 
really, really helped because it took my inflammation right down. I, I kind of didn't lose weight exactly as I suddenly started to shrink. I like got a jawbone that I didn't have before. My eyes got bigger because I lost puffiness. And all of a sudden I was like, wow, I'm starting. People started to say how well I looked, my skin started to glow. And then I actually did some blood tests um, a few months ago, which included um, a C-reactive protein test, which is a major marker for um, low-level chronic inflammation in your body. And anything, the NHS says anything below a score of five is normal. Mine was nearly zero. So I'd gone from autoimmune disease to having pretty much no inflammation in my body whatsoever. And, and yeah. just about the only thing that I changed was being on an anti-inflammatory cyclical keto diet because mm-hmm. of listening to the Bulletproof podcast. So thank you, Dave Asprey. Thank you, Bulletproof. I've got yeah. a lot to be grateful for there. So podcasts really, really helped me. Really, ha- And not only that, but it's, you know, if you're a geek, there's so much to geek out on there. So much. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it, it leaves you with no dead time. I've noticed if, if I'm in no a dead car, time. yeah, you, you're never not doing it. Oh, that was so many double negatives. But <laughs> yeah. funnily enough, it's but you're yeah you're always doing something so you're always learning yeah always and what i found with what's great with podcasts is because like yourself these podcasters people like dave asprey and luke story they get people on who they've discovered who have interesting stories or interesting products modalities treatments regimes whatever um, and you discover new people and new modalities through just listening to these post- podcasts. And it's like a ripple effect. You like your knowledge goes because you discover well, it, these amazing people. Yeah. This is, this is what we were saying, wasn't it? Is how many names can we, no, no, yeah, there is something about actually, if we had a wish list, we'd probably have these vibro plates. We'd probably have all the supplements. We'd be over doing 40 years of Zen. We'd be, oh, 40 there, years of Zen oh, there's, there's tons of, yeah, there's yeah. tons of, and actually that's how I came to, to um, be in contact with Pete was actually doing the biohacking and then looking on uh, uh, Instagram, I think it was. Yeah. And kind of having a chat with him because actually in this country, apart from the functional medicine doctors that we, that we know and kind of the nutrigenomics, actually most of this is happening in the US and the conversation. So I do see that a lot of it happens in Finland, the US, uh, yeah. places like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and here we are. You've been doing it a lot longer than the label's been trendy, uh, in inverted commas. But actually, there is something about this is really, really helpful. Your genes are not your destiny. I am, yeah. I'm always explaining to clients, two-thirds of your behavior is, is, is what's causing the issue. It's not, you know, I think I've written this in my book about it's not, it's not your genes. You're yeah. not destined to be that kind of person for the rest of your life. You have choices. Well, for me, especially in my own story, there were two statements like that that were really important to me. One was, your genes are not your destiny. The other one is, you are not your story. You know? uh, yeah. And, and actually, I'd, I'd had this label of ME, which is um, myalgic encephalomyelitis, um, otherwise known as chronic fatigue syndrome. Huge um, stigma attached to that. It's a made-up illness. I mean, it literally is a made-up illness because there's no diagnosis for it. Um, but you know, it used to be known as yuppie flu. It's you mm-hmm. get controlled like you would not believe if you are a sufferer of this illness and you use yeah. that label. 
my first massive step forward was like, I'm having nothing to do with that label. I'm taking it off myself because through looking at Dr. Sinatra and Dr. Myhill, and we spoke just before we started recording about how Dr. Myhill's little buzz phrase for ME and chronic fatigue is it's mitochondria, not hypochondria, which I absolutely love. Um, I, I, I was like, well, I don't have ME because the people who made up that, coined that term for what I'm suffering, openly admit they don't know what causes it and they don't know how to treat it. It doesn't uh, exist. Yeah. To me, that doesn't exist. So, um, so actually, yeah, I have mitochondrial issues. I now know that I have methylation issues, which are fixed. I now know that I have de detoxification issues um, with heavy metal burden and things like that, which I'm <coughs> working on now. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you too, yeah. Um, and I also know that, you know, I had terrible inflammation markers and stuff like that. But none mm. of that was set in stone because of epigenetics, because we could yeah. biohack all of this stuff to make sure that it worked better. Um, and we are name dropping. So we have dropped, we've dropped Dave Asprey and people like Luke Story and Jim Quick for, for the mind-based stuff. And going along the mind-based stuff, I'm also, and we're going to go into your territory now, um, calf with gaming because um i'm going to drop another name now um the fabulous jane mcgonagall who yeah. i discovered i think in about 2012 2012 even though i got sick in 2007 2012 was kind of one of my worst points it was it was the point at which everything had really fallen apart mm -hmm. i'd i'd lost my home by then i was i was actually kind of homeless um my partner left me um, everybody just everybody and everything just kind of turned around and went well you're this now which is nothing we don't want anything to do with you goodbye you know and I, I ended up back living with family and literally kind of emotionally and physically on my knees just going oh my you know I used to have a life yeah. where's it gone you know yeah. and it was an incredibly dark place to be um and I was I was doing all of this good stuff um, through Dr. Myhill and the likes of and and Dr. Lipton, um, doing a lot of it by myself with you know guidance of books and information, um, and it was actually a very lonely place. It was it was a very because my, I don't think with the best will in the world and as much as they love me, I don't think my family believed that I could recover because I was so ill and because they are in very much in the allopathic yeah. sphere of medicine. So, um, so I felt very lonely. I was very, um, I felt very stuck and very, you know, and it's a long road. And when you're working with epigenetics, things don't happen quickly, especially if you're very, very ill because you're having to just set up the right conditions around and inside of your body to allow your body to heal itself and that takes time and you have to be very patient and I'm not a patient person. So, um, so I was in this quite dark place and then through a TED talk, I discovered Jane McGonagall and her system called Superbatter, which yeah. kind of saved me in that little dark moment because Jane McGonagall, um, and you can probably speak about Jane better than I can, but Jane McGonagall is an American games designer who um, had what seemed like a very innocuous um, head injury, TBI, traumatic brain injury. Um, TBIs, by the way, um, for those of 
people listening to the podcast who think a TBI is if you have a big car crash and you're in a coma and stuff like that. Actually, TBI yeah. can be bumping your head on a shelf. We now know that even just slight knocks to the head, really gentle ones where you don't, where you like, oh, I've got a bit of a headache, but nothing else happened. It's gone the next day. Even that can cause major inflammation in the brain. That can change your behavior, change your emotions. Yeah. Um, well, I am just going to jump in there. Yeah, um, uh, apart from the fact that I'm just going to let you know that my, my internet is playing up a little bit. So we'll just see how this goes. Um, okay. Cause this, this happens nearly every week now. I'm sure there's somebody coming along and doing this on purpose. Um, but yeah, what head injuries. Mm. Yeah. They, there is now a push to um, take out heading the ball for young children in, in yeah. football. Uh, I'm, I'm ex-martial artist. I don't do it anymore, but ex-martial artists, so are my children. Mm. And actually they engaged in a lot of, um, so I did traditional karate and they did sport karate. And one of the things that did happen was they had lots and lots of kicks around the heads and punches. And I now sit thinking, Oh shit. You know, because I, I kind of had the assumption around TBIs and so on. Fast forward a couple of years, I then goes on to do the neuroscience and everything that I'm doing in, in terms of my training. And actually now I see huge, huge impacts. It's, yeah. It really is. I mean, this is the thing with Jim Quick, isn't it? He was classed as the boy with the broken brain. Yeah. He fell off a chair, didn't he? Uh, yeah. 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 On top of the radiator, those old-fashioned radiators. Yeah. And that's and and that's you kind of think well that's the sort of thing that happens to nearly every kid at some point during their childhood. Yeah, they literally yeah. fall over, out, you know, trees. fall over, bump themselves. And I mean, I've had at least three or four concussions, and um, mm -hmm. because I'm an extreme sports person, so I've been a skate. I'm still a skateboarder. I'm 47, nearly 47, and I'm still a skateboarder. <laughs> But I'm skateboarder, surfer, mountain biker, rock climber, climber, you know, most of it for most of my life without helmets. I'm now a huge advocate. Wear a lid, kids, please, whatever you're doing. I, like I say, I'm a 46, almost 47-year-old lady, and um, I still embarrassingly go out skateboarding, and I embarrassingly wear a helmet. And you know mm -hmm. what? I don't care, because I'd rather wear a helmet than get... Yeah. It's the, it's the what if, isn't it? On, on this occasion, I definitely agree with the amygdala that actually you should be doing the what if. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and if anybody needs, really needs convincing, then there's a great film called um, The Crash Reel, which every young person should see um, because it's very yeah. glam. It's about snowboarding and it just shows you how devastating even the quickest accident can be as far as your brain is concerned. Mm. So anyway, Jane McGonagall had, pulling us back, Jane McGonagall had this um, fairly innocuous TBI, which yeah. ended up having huge impacts on her personality, on her emotions. She became suicidal. Um, and she was having a really dark time. She, she found that she couldn't read like she used to. She's um, a scientist and a games designer. She couldn't do her work. Um, and she became extremely depressed, which, again, as we know, depression is one of the side effects of TBI. Um, and um, she found herself in a really dark place that she couldn't see a way out of. And then one day she just had a flash of inspiration and she, she was saying to herself, how can I work my way out of this? How can I use my unique view and talent to get myself out of this situation? And she decided to create a game called Super Better, which is a game you play in real life, 
but it ha- it is run off a platform when i came to it in 2012 it was still just being run off a platform um online a desktop platform there is now a super better app so you can do it from your phone or your tablet and basically whatever life challenge you're having whether it's it could be depression it could be brain injury it could be a chronic illness it could just be a challenging time that you're having something in your life that is really challenging you can go on and create an avatar in super better and basically so you create your avatar and you design your game play within super better but then you take things like your adversaries and your big evil baddies and your power-ups you take them out of the game and into real life so i'll give you an example so um so you log in every day and you say oh i had these power-ups and those power-ups and i i battled this baddie and um climb this mountain and but but your power-ups and your baddies and your mountains are all things in your real life so for instance for me um my battling my evil baddies may have been having to go to a doctor's appointment with the illness that i had and the treatments that i was trying to give myself i still had to deal with gps and things like that and yeah. it was incredibly challenging because they didn't believe in anything that I was doing. They didn't want to help me with anything that I was doing. They didn't want to give me the tests that I was requesting. It was a battle and it used to absolutely drain me. Yeah. Um, I, I was fighting my corner all the time. And I'm not saying that all, all NHS doctors are bad. The NHS is fabulous. But if you're dealing with a long-term chronic illness, they're not the best. So, um, Especially if you want to self help. Um, uh, yes, I think we I think we had this discussion the other week about um, uh, uh, an issue that I took to a GP and was uh, was laughed at. And uh, yeah, there was almost this well, that's homeopathy kind of yeah. attitude. And, uh, yeah. Well, my 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 take on it was always well, you're not helping me. I might as well. Who you know, if somebody tells me to wear a tutu, a unicorn horn, and stand on my head for ten minutes a day, I'm going to do it if I think it's going to help. You know, I'm going to at least try it for a week and see what happens, you know. So um, so that was my whole attitude. So like one of my battling, one of my baddies was if I had a doctor's appointment or a hospital appointment. <laughs> battling another baddie would be if I had an appointment or an assessment with the benefits people because, again, I wasn't believed. So I had to, I actually had to go to court. So there were things like that that I had to deal with. I, I couldn't get legal aid, had to prepare my court papers from my bed. Um and then had to do an 80 mile round trip when I really couldn't travel to sit in my courtroom. So, um, so those were things like battling my baddies and they were huge things, huge things. And, but then I had to counteract battling your baddies. You have your power ups to make sure you don't die in your game, you know? So my power ups were things like, I'm going to use the little bit of energy I've got today to make a green juice. I'm going to listen to listen to, or read something inspiring podcast, audio books all that sort of thing i'm going to do a yoga nidra which pretty much saved my life every day i'm going to do make sure i'm going to do 30 minutes meditation today i'm going to um, take a nice epsom salts bath today i'm going to use my limited energy and the the tiny bits of well-being that i'm just pulling back not only to deal with the baddies and climb all the mountains i've got to climb every day but also to put fuel back in the tank because that's yeah. how gaming works, right? If you've got an avatar um, game. Well, that's play. Uh, in terms of, I don't, I yeah. don't know what to kind of call it, but actually this is, uh, so I'm, 
I'm going to say, if you haven't listened yet, go back to the episode with Tony Bean. Um, uh, so I interviewed um, a therapist actually out in America called Tony Bean, and he's written a book about the the psychology of or the psyche, the psychology of the psyche in games, so the hero's journey. And this is actually what we do as play therapists. You know, uh, I, I sit with children designing Pokemon that that they, they could become, and what yes. would this Pokemon be able to do, and how would they do that, and you know, and we charge yeah. around the building doing whatever we need to. Um, but this, this for me, super better was actually something more adult-like as well. So it, it's they're, they're very informed, yeah. And that yeah, is yeah. exactly what gaming is. It's exactly yeah. what play is. Yeah. So what super better enabled me to do instead of just going, oh God, I'm just doing this really <coughs> hard thing every day, and I'm completely alone doing it because there's community on super better too. So you can link yeah. up with people and and stuff like that. Uh, people who are playing a similar game or different games, whatever. Um, form allies so so that's another important part you form allies so you can form allies within super better you you also form allies in your daily life so so like if we were playing super better now Kathy you would be one of my allies because you give me energy you build me up we always have very positive outcomes with our conversations even if we're talking about things that are challenging us um so you would yeah. be an ally an example of an ally for me somebody who actually makes life better right yeah. so um so you also form alliances um and it's just remembering that you have actually all this good stuff too and for me and nlp comes in here too for me it just completely reframed my illness um because mm -hmm. i just looked at what jane mcgonagall had done and what she'd set up for us to use and i just went oh my god i can do that i can do it and actually this is not about me running away from illness. It's about me being the best version of me that I can be just on, just on yeah. this day. Because when you're in challenging times, deal with today. Worry about tomorrow when you wake up tomorrow morning, right? Yeah. Just deal yeah. with what you've got to deal with today. And um, so that was one of my challenges. I found it really hard to plan because my, my health was so unpredictable and... Um, and planning was a stress so just deal with deal with today Paula deal with today just let's play today's game what's on what's on the game sheet for today you know and and giving myself that good stuff back as well as putting energy mm -hmm. out into things yeah. so I'm remembering to use some of that some of the that vital power up energy to have fun do do good things for myself let myself just run wild a little bit, even if at one point running wild a little bit was playing Farmville for like 15 or 20 minutes, you know, yeah. Farmville, God, that makes me feel ancient. <laughs> but, but, you know, but just, it was, it was literally stuff like that. Just what seems really, really silly. It, it actually t really reframed my illness and allowed me to get through each day in a much more positive state. Yeah. Um, and and made me so super better let's be super better not let's not be ill i don't want to be ill anymore i came from that place i just want my life back i came from that place that's really unproductive it's very unhelpful how about let's go from where we are right now and try and be super better at where we are where, where yeah. we are right well, now. It's, it's very superhero name isn't it it's a bit it, yeah. It, it, yeah so here's here's a jim quick quote uh you yeah you built a team and that stands for together everyone achieves more exactly exactly Goes in. <laughs> yes yeah. yeah and and it and super better itself was an ally you know yeah and yeah. and it was a, and it was a plan it was a game plan 
Um, and just picking up on something you said there about the hero's journey, the heroes that almost just it makes me really emotional to think of the hero's journey because that is what we are all on. And before this health crisis, I didn't know that. And the other archetype or trope that I really identify with is lost girl. So, um, so I, so for instance, I've loved the wizard of Oz since I was yay big, since I was a tiny, tiny girl, you know, and I still watch it to this day because it gives me something every time. Dorothy's journey is one of adversity. She has to fight scary monsters. She has to navigate her way through this surreal landscape with no map. Mm -hmm. um, she forms her allies she yeah. also sees wonderful, magical, life-affirming things on the way. And then when she gets to the end, she realises the key was in her own hand all along. The power uh, yeah, that was is, in her hand yeah. all along. Okay. So, so that, was, that was part of my super better. My super better was, I am Dorothy, and actually all I need to do every day is click my heels together three times. Mm -hmm. And remember that I'm already home. I'm okay yeah. where I am, yeah. right? Um, and that's an incredibly emotional way for me to put it. But I also think that, and I try to do this through my yoga um, practice and teaching now, that, again, part of bio biohacking is our emotions. And to connect emotionally is so important because it's when we make that emotional connection that whatever we're trying to achieve becomes really, really powerful for us. Yeah. And, and that was one thing before illness. I was very out of touch with my emotions. I learned as a child, I learned this through therapy, that I'd learned as a child that emotions were not safe, that they had uh, to be shut yeah. down. Yep. Yep. And for, for most people, so that, that as I'm talking, I'm, I'm thinking about a book that's behind me at the moment. So there's a book written by Claude Steiner. So I'm a, a trained in transactional analysis as well. It is, yeah. I, you know, I love transactional analysis. Yeah. Amazing. Well, it's, it's, it's the equivalent of quantum psychology for me. Yes. So, um, yeah, there, there is something about um, scripts people live. So not only do we have winner's scripts, loser's scripts and banal scripts, there's yeah. also the stories that we have. Yeah. Pretty much you can take. Um, so the, one of the other things in, in kind of gestalt is uh, we, can, we can even look at the, the, the kind of archetype or the fairy tale or the story that you tell mm. yourself. And it's, it's, I'm listening how you've identified with... Uh, the Wizard of Oz, and actually, that story is about seeing behind the curtain and recognizing it yeah. was always in me all along. Absolutely, um, which I think once people have actually done their own therapy is is the ultimate key. Anyway, is actually mm. I don't fix anybody. So quite often people say thank you, and I say for what? All I did was provide you the mirror to see what you always needed to see. Yeah. Um, so uh, I'm just thinking about where we are time wise. Um, <laughs> Because obviously I could now go on a complete therapy thing here about, oh my yeah. God, you've used that metaphor and that metaphor and it's so, yeah, but I'm not going to, that's egotistical. And I've done that in so many episodes, I'm just going to STF you. So is there anything, I'm just looking at my books, I don't know what for, right. Um, one thing I'm going to say for those who are listening actually is we're both wearing our blue blockers. We are. I'm actually wearing, yeah, I'm actually wearing mine that I use for the computer, but there's lots and lots of different blue blockers as well that we... We, can, we could talk about, but I think what we will do is probably head towards a close because I think what you've done is, is beautifully talk about your recovery and, and where we've got to. And also we've got lots of other stuff to chat about as well. <laughs> so is there 
anything else you want to put into this episode, Paula, apart from asking Dave Asprey to get you on his podcast and talk about your, your bulletproof recovery journey? Yes, um, I would love that. Um, um, yes, please, Dave, if you're, if you're listening, uh, let's, let's put that out there. Cause, um, out to the <laughs> because, universe. Uh, yeah, out to the universe. Um, because bulletproof has been really pivotal. Yeah. For me too. Really important. And, um, and I've been to Seattle and I absolutely loved it. Um, I didn't get to Vancouver Island, otherwise I'd been knocking on his door, but, um, next time. Um, so, uh, uh, and interestingly enough, my, my visit to the Pacific Northwest, again, uh, my, my recovery went up a notch and I actually think it was because it's so clean out there. Mm, mm -hmm, mm. It's so, I can understand why he lives up there because it's so clean. Forests for days, ancient rainforests. I was breathing in new microbiomes and, and it was just so... Forest bathing. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, well, I love it. Get, get me to a tree or get me to the ocean. Those are my two happy places. Mountains, yeah. trees, oceans, and the Pacific Northwest has that in spades. So Dave, if you need an assistant or personal yoga teacher or any, any of that stuff. <laughs> I, I like this. I'll tell you what, this is going to have to, we're going to have to start hashtagging the heck out of this now. So. We are, we are. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. Mass, massively influential. And, um, I think just to, I think just in closing my whole message, because like you, obviously I'm not a therapist. Um, I'm a yoga teacher, but I am also, um, I'm, I'm trying to get my fingers into as many pies as possible because I want to spread the love of, I'm huge on natural health and wellbeing, huge. So you know that I've recently um, hooked up with um, a Swiss company based out in Germany called Walida. Um, mm -hmm. That was it's actually a nonprofit um, company, which a lot of people don't realise. Um, it was founded by Rudolf Steiner in the 1920s, and my favourite product product of theirs, Skin Food, which I've been using for decades, um, hasn't changed in its ingredients since 1926. Um, and this is the their they have a massive um they're massively ecologically sound they're environmentally sound they're ethically sound they don't do animal testing anything like that everything they're not only organic and um 100 natural but their ingredients are biodynamic as well it's pretty much gold standard of what you can put on your skin they also do homeopathic uh, medicines so um so hooking up so i'd love to hook up with bulletproof because hooking up with yeah people like this is like so exciting to me now it's um obviously our friends um thomas and shania at gen smart have been huge um on both of our journeys too um with information and um shania actually dr shania um is actually one of the best functional medicine doctors i've come across in my whole yes, journey absolutely. she, she yeah, joined dots for me but yeah. Well, I'll, I'll I didn't even. Yeah. yeah, you will, you will, because she's she's amazing. Um, but yeah, just um, just to know, and and the butt of all of that is just. I think the most important thing is to be a seeker and to know that, like Dorothy and um, a lot of the other uh, heroes' journey and lost girl archetypes, Harry Potter and all of that, Luke Skywalker, 
the answers are always right there. I mean, I'm actually Star Wars, again, are going geeky, games, movies, science fiction. Star Wars was huge for me right from being a kid. And again, I've enjoyed, Yoda has some of my favorite Zen quotes ever. What is, what is his favorite one of mine? His favorite one is... Um, Would you be going do or do not try? Do or do not do, there is no try. Absolutely. Yeah. And Wayne Dyer, Dr. Wayne Dyer always used to say trying is dying. Trying yeah. is dying. Yeah. Don't try. Try. The word try sets you up for failure. It allows you to. And failure is okay. Yeah. Failure is fine. We learn through failure. And, you know, another one of my hooks is fail better. I actually have a piece of art on my wall that says fail better. But, um, but yeah, just know that the key is always in your hand. Um, yeah. Nobody can make you better. You can make you better, super better you know, and, mm -hmm. and, but know also that it's daily work and that daily work can also be play. I mean, just my absolute last thing is my own yoga business is called Life of Lila. Life of Lila is, um, came to me during meditation and I use that name because Lila is a Sanskrit term, um, which means play. Mm -hmm. and that was the absolute crux for me is turning hard work into play it's still work yeah but yeah. we can always approach it like game well i'm just i'm just going to end uh with actually if you gamify something the likelihood is is you're going to engage in it in a in a more joyous capacity mm -hmm. um which absolutely sums up what we've been talking about so uh, and the positivity of game yeah you know don't do not demonize play and do not demonize game whether that's computer games or super better mm. or anything do not demonize it because it all has value uh yeah huge value i shall take that note to go separately i'll do a rant about that with the, uh, along with that <laughs> yeah yeah i think people have already cottoned on that this might be my 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 uh bugbear but yeah thank you so much for your time paula um and obviously if it's okay with you, I'll leave your Insta. Uh, if you want to give me your social media details that you're happy to share with people, yeah, sure. I'll put that into the show notes. Yeah, along with thank the, you. Uh, the thesis of all of the contacts that we're going to put in there, and hopefully. Uh, and can use by the way, Kath and I met through Instagram, um, mm. through a friend of a friend through Instagram, and um, Instagram. When I was in that lonely place and I started doing super bad, so gave me my community. So again, social media is not evil. It, yeah. it, it actually gave me community when I had none. So well, actually, um, I'm just, yeah, I'm, go I'm going to go off on a slight tangent. That's what Jamie Wheel talks about with Communitas. So at the moment, he's, t he's doing Recapture the Rapture, his second book, you know, so this mm -hmm. is the, the Flow Genome Project. And actually, that, in fact, there's another name drop. That's, that's something that actually <laughs> is going to talk about. Extasis, Communitas, uh, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's all about... In fact, I know isolation and loneliness is the biggest killer. So yes, yeah, it's it's I, terrible for your health. It's mm -hmm. terrible for your health. And mm -hmm. and but if you are in that physical position where you can't leave home and you do live alone, it's incredibly tough. Social media is a lifesaver. Yeah, absolute lifesaver. It's not time wasted. It's connections made. And yeah. I now have a bunch of people, beautiful people, in my real life people like you and Pete and many others 
who um, wouldn't be in my life if it wasn't for Instagram and Facebook yeah. and social media. Absolutely. So um, I'm incredibly grateful. And I also went there with the Flow Genome and the book Flow was another one that yeah. Yeah. really, really got me on the right road. So we could be here all day and all night. Well, how about we do? How about we do another episode at some point? Um, maybe, maybe even bring Pete on, especially when I get me uh, aura ring. <laughs> we could do a, a three-way. Fabulous. <laughs> on that note, on I'm that going note. To end there. Right. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thanks Paula. so much, Kath. It's been fun. Okay. Thank you.